this week on the podcast. We're adding our first super giant game to the endless list. It's Transistor. It's just the two of us. We can make it if we try. Just the, <laughs> just two, the two of, of us. us. You and I this mm. week. Mm-hmm. Last week, there was an absurd amount of people on this podcast. I think it's the most we've had since like a long time. Blood, blood rain, uh, like milkshakes, brings the boys to the yard. Absolutely. You can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts from. Follow us at It's So Bad Pod um, on the Twitter device. Um, email us at sobadpod at gmail.com for all your questions, comments, or concerns this week we are adding the game Transistor to the endless list of video games which is currently 117 games long goes from number 1 Super Mario 64 all the way down to number 117 Home Alone the last game that we added was what? what did we add last time? Uh, Twisted Metal two weeks ago we added at number 108 um, and this week we're adding the Supergiant, the developer, Supergiant, their f- first entry on the endless list. It is Transistor, which just so happens to be their second game uh, released back in 2014, the same year as um, Shovel Knight, Fez, Five Nights at Freddy's, um, but also Destiny, Dragon Age Inquisition, Dark Souls 2, Assassin's Creed 4, Black Flag, which is on our endless oh, list. Oh, awesome, the list. Yes, so... It, what is this game, Chris? You, you're the one who uh, suggested this game to be added to the list. So what is yeah. it? So it is a uh, isometric, I guess you could say, uh, I guess it's fair to call it an action RPG, or at least action RPG-like game where um, set in a uh, very technologically advanced future where you play as the uh, main character, Red, who is a singer that has lost her voice on, uh, as a result of a, I guess we'll call it like a mafiosa-type attack on a club that she's singing in, where she is struck by the namesake Transistor, uh, which is like a sword-type item which has grazed her, but also killed her uh, believed-to-be boyfriend, who is only known officially as unknown in the lore of Transistor. And uh, you battle your way through this now robot-plagued city. Uh, Cl- using... Cloud Bank. It's Cloud called Cloud Bank. Bank. Cloud Bank. Yes, thank you. And uh, with combat that's kind of based around... I mean, it's a fairly linear game, or I mean, it's completely linear. There's not really any branching paths to really go. But the combat is a mix of real-time, but then also, like, Red has the ability to pause time and plan. you can plan your actions um against the, the enemies which is really like the main how you're going to really do battle in this game you're not really gonna ever really for a long period of time um not use that um time freezing and strategy planning mechanic right yeah so you get you can freeze time and then you have you know if you walk it eats up some of your uh action or your what is it called is it called an action bar i forget or your turn with brackets um, right. So, 
if you walk, it eats it up. But if you do an action, it eats it up. Usually you can only do like two or three or four actions, depending mm -hmm. upon where you are in the game, before you can end your turn. And then you have to wait for it to recharge. It uh, probably should add, uh, add to like as you are. I think what makes the combat, uh, and we'll probably talk more about it, pretty fun in this game is that as you learn new attacks, like you learn these things called functions or you gain these abilities called functions and... Um, each of your, you can have four attacks equipped at any time, and they have two additional slots that you can use to further customize your attacks. And depending on which of these various functions, like you can mix and match functions and get a whole variety of different um, results and secondary effects or bonus effects to the attacks. And um, yeah, it's, it's a cool component of it that it's the, the, your offense can be so customizable. There's also passive effects to help you with like, health regeneration, and then there are limiters to make the game harder, but uh, but uh, give you more experience. So that's... Uh, yeah, there's like... That. So you, you get 16 different functions over the course of this game, and the functions can be mapped to any of your face buttons on your controller if you're playing on a controller. And there are things like a medium-range attack that bounces between enemies. There's a long-range attack that can go through enemies. There's like a minor attack that, or a close-range attack that makes enemies stunned. There's one that launches the enemies up in the air. There's one that brings out like a dog that's your like companion. Yeah. Um, there's a whole bunch. But you can you add on to like, a, what is it called? I think it's called the passive slot. Um, yeah, the passive the pa slots like your your stat buffs. Essentially. Well, no. So no, there's like okay. So installing a function to a passive slot. Oh, you, slot. you mean with the weapons? You mean with the the weapons? Yeah, it's poorly yeah. named. It's poorly named the way it is the naming convention that they have in this game. But the, each of the functions can have like a sub function attached to it, um, and that can affect what the function is. So, um, like for example, one of them allows you to do certain functions outside of your turn. Right. which I thought was pretty cool. Um, so, the, But, I mean, there's like 3,000 or something like that different combinations you can have in this game of different functions and sub-functions and then additional abilities on top of that. So, I guess, yeah, that would... That would, uh, I mean, <laughs> 16. 16 by 16 by 16, 16 yeah. by 16. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah there's, there's a lot of different um, ways in which you can do it and you gain and it is an rpg you gain um experience points each battle and you level up right um which un can unlock certain things like slots um and your abilities and then also when you when you beat like bosses you get new functions um each of the functions has a story component to it so like you if you use the function more it unlocks more of the story because functions are like traces of people who've been turned into this like robotic swarm that's taking over the city so as you defeat the boss which is the robotic thing it gets incorporated into the transistor and then there's a backstory associated with each of the functions right and there's a lot of good um that's a good point because like there's a lot of good like world building as you go throughout the game like there's a lot of like random so what's what's kind of getting back to like the story of it like as a result of the camarada that's the the mob group that has tried to take out uh, Red, uh, like by throwing the transistor at her, they've inadvertently kind of ceded control over to her. And you learn that like this device, the transistor, was the only thing that was controlling the robot swarm, which is called the process. And uh, you learn as like the game goes on that like they are essentially like reshaping and building Cloud Bank to uh, one of the camaraderie's you know, design whims, essentially, 
but uh the but yeah. as like as i didn't a, you know you know, I didn't really... You mentioned that you were like, they call them the mob. And like at the very beginning of the game, I thought that that's what they were going for. And as I played it, I thought they were more like akin to like a French like um, political movement type of thing where they have like an underground group who are trying to like make their... I thought that's what they were kind of get trying to get towards. Yeah. More so than like the mob. Well, I, like, think, I think they like hold they're, they're pe- political positions and stuff right but it's like but they act like very ma like i took them as like corrupted i yeah i think we we're kind of like meeting somewhere in the middle i took them as kind of like some of them like royce is like a corrupted politician you know he's like the architect right. of like the city but it's like you know they're using this almost like an illumin i don't want to call it like an illuminati type group but it's because i feel like they were more not that ominous but uh <laughs> yeah very no they were they were they were they're essentially like techno fascists, right? Yeah. 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 So, and they wanted to make the world in their in their own image. And there's like little there's there's like cool little nodes you can go to that where you get a little bit of the the world building around it and some of the things are like um here's what's happening in this area of the of the town and they'll be like what color do you want the sky to be today and you yeah, vote right. on it and it changes <laughs> and it's like another one's like do you want it to snow today or do you want it to rain um and you can change like the snow and the rain because this is the future and they can just do that on the whim but usually um at the beginning of the game all those things are like popularity contests so like 50% of the people want to open this bridge to this new area and 50% of the people don't. So we're, we're just going to stop doing it right now. Um, but then towards the end, it's like, you're just making decisions because that's what they originally intended. The fascists, essentially right. the camarada. Right. So yeah, I mean it was it's an interesting game. Um, seven people worked on the game. The, that was the entire staff of Supergiant Games at the time. Um, they originally were centering the story around a boxer, um, and they were going to be like a revenge tale of him killing his singer wife or singer girlfriend. Um, okay. He would, they would inverse that <laughs> towards the end. Um, but how they got there is they they did that. Then they had a concept for a fantasy setting where the woman was like in uh, some fantasy setting. She had a boyfriend that was a wizard and a warrior came and killed the wizard with a sword and she picked up the sword from his stomach. And they were like, oh, we should start with that. And then they went back to the more sci-fi aesthetic and they flip-flopped the roles to be the red in the lead. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how how the fantasy setting would have turned out, but I really like the style, the art style that they went with. Like, it very much oh, reminds great. me of like um, very similar. I feel like I I feel like I reference this a lot. Like, I feel like it references like Bioshock too, but it reminds me a lot of like that old like Metropolis, uh, the Metropolis silent film, like in that art style, like but a little bit yeah. more like modernized and um, you know, it's, it's like it's like a sci-fi noir kind of thing going mm-hmm. on with this aesthetic and um the person who did the art is her name's gen z 
which I thought was funny. Her name's Jen Z. <laughs> um, but her her artwork is beautiful. Like they have a lot of still tableaus in this with like depicting action but right. stopped, and it's like very very cool. I like want it on my wall. It almost like looks very like um almost like like water paint type. Like digital water paint is like how I yeah. always kind of think of it. And I guess like a lot of those yeah, stabilized too. Like the soundtrack in this game is awesome. I like all the songs that um, has Ashley Barrett singing on them. And I think she's officially part of Supergiant Games because I think she's in every game that they have put out, I think. But uh, like especially yeah, the vocal songs with she's, her. She's, like, oh, great. She, she does she does red and she also um in Haiti she was Eurydice, so she's in that as well. Um yeah, so she's in a bunch of them. I know she's in Bastion. I don't know about Pyre. Pyre's like a mystery to me of of their four games. I think I think I just I have she, heard th- she did something in Pyre. I think she has been in every yeah. single one. Um Pyre, uh, what I, people have described it and I have I have not watched gameplay and I have maybe seen like a still of it, but I can I can't place it in my brain. Um, people have described it, or I've heard it described as um, NBA Jam-like, and I'm like, <laughs> that sounds good. If this yeah. is a super giant game, what's NBA Jam-like? Hell yeah. I also know nothing about Pyre, and actually, I don't I don't know how closely this... I feel like I've heard people say, like, oh, Hades is more similar to Transistor than not, but I don't know. I've never played Hades, oh, so I don't know. I don't yeah. know how close that comparison is or not. I have like 40 hours in Hades and that is just like beating the shit out of the game. And this is like, you can see the steps on the evolutionary design path in Transistor, how they got to Hades. Mm. And like Hades is like an um, incredible game. Yeah. Um, I really like that game. You should also play that game. Does um does Hades also use like the time freezing strategy no. mechanic? No, okay. No, it's like all very action. That I think it makes it more engaging. That's gotcha. the one aspect of this game I didn't necessarily particularly. So there was a couple things um, I didn't like about this game um, in particular was was around the um, I didn't find the gameplay super compelling um, in terms of like freezing time and then doing the actions. I thought it could be got very samey after a while. And I thought the enemy designs were also very samey and they only had like in the entire game, there's maybe like less than 10 enemies that you fight. Yeah. I would say. You, yeah. You get like a couple bosses. Yeah. About you, you're fighting the same sort of, it's like the man, young lady, the very annoying um the snapshot ones that like take the oh. picture of you but like it's yeah. like a cool it's like cool the first time you're like oh that's a cool enemy because what it does is when it gets close right. to you it takes like a photo putting air quotes around and it's like but essentially what it is is a giant uh portrait of red that basically blocks a huge chunk of the screen so you kind of get disoriented when you're moving but yeah the general you know yeah, the gameplay is fun but repetitive because basically what you're constantly doing is is working to get behind your enemies because you deal more damage when you're behind them, and then um, and then basically trying to like take cover while your action bar recovers because if you don't, some of those enemies will. Especially, I was playing the second playthrough, which is a lot harder for uh, for this, and uh, they will like beat the shit out of you if you don't take cover. Yeah. Like you, they will wipe out your your life bar quickly, but yeah, it gets repetitive. I, I just, I did think also that it was a little bit maybe too easy because like how they they don't. I never died because how they incorporate it is if you fail and lose all of your health, 
one of your functions pops out. Yeah. And so you can't use that particular function. And you can only change functions at like these stations. So you have to continue the fight with only three functions as opposed to four, which are different types of attacks. Um, but I think the most I ever lost was like two functions and then I beat it. Yeah. Um, so I didn't find it particularly hard. And I thought that the pushback of when you lose your health, you drop a function wasn't enough for me to like really experience that difficulty. Like that was an easy hurdle to overcome. Um, and, but I, I mean, I get what they were coming from. One of their design philosophies, I guess, in learning about this game and super giant is that they're trying to find ways to make a failure state interesting. So like when you're dying or when you're entering into a place where you can't progress, they're like, how can we make this so that we don't lose the engagement of the audience? And they try to do it with the functions and make people use other functions. Mm-hmm. But it, it wasn't enough for me to find it super interesting or the combination super compelling. Although, you know, you can play around with limiters, which limiters add. They're like ne- there's negative consequences if you add them, but you get more experience. Right. I thought those were interesting. I added a couple, but I didn't really play around with those at all. Did you yeah. use them a lot in your playthrough? Uh, in the first playthrough, yeah, like I said, for but my first playthrough was years ago. I think this is one of the slew of games I beat on my iPhone uh, flying to and from Japan. So I uh, had a lot of time, and <laughs> this game's only about five, six hours. But uh, yeah, replaying it like under like my new game plus, like where you keep all of your... Um, you keep all of your functions that you recruit in your first playthrough, but the enemies get a lot harder. I was like, okay, no limiters for this, because this is insanely harder. Because <laughs> I remember it being, like, easy, and I was like, first couple enemies they fight, I was like, all right, I was like, I'm back in the groove of this. And then, like, then all of a sudden I'm getting, like, the shit kicked out of me, and I was like, right, this is way harder the second time around. So, I don't know, maybe do a game plus it. Maybe uh, you'll get that difficulty spike you're looking for it is it is a pretty it's a pretty short game it's like you know what is it like three four hours to beat the whole game maybe maybe five yeah that's fair to say yeah i think uh i think yeah yeah probably about five hours um did you ever do any of like the trial stuff in like the oasis there the like home away from home they have yeah yeah so there's like a uh what what you're referencing is yeah i guess we'll call it like an oasis it's like a little digital hangout spot that you can kind of go into you get you get a little uh processed dog named luna that's like your buddy you can and you can have her uh bounce around a little beach ball uh you can chill out in the hammock but then yeah there's a whole bunch of like different like training areas and um first playthrough i did a lot of those especially the ones where you get to like test out your different function combinations like, I spent a lot of time in that, just kind of getting them to where I liked them and basically kept them for the rest of the game. But it was, it was nice to hang out there. Hit the ball, pitch your little robot Borg dog thing. <laughs> Ro- robot Borg dog thing. I, I, I like to use the... I use the dog a little bit. I didn't use it a lot. I would mainly do... Um, I'm trying to think of... I have a list of functions here. Um the one that bop, popped them up in the air, I use that call. a lot. Yeah, call. Yeah, I like it when you modify call with one of the passive functions to stop them, stop it from knocking them up into the air. So then you can much more easier follow up like a second attack. That was That's my, cool. That was I use spark strat. spark a lot, which was which was like it like just explodes into projectiles when you shoot mm-hmm. it at somebody. So you, mm-hmm. like as an area of effect, 
That was pretty oh, cool. I used that with uh, um, the jaunt effect, like the one where you kind of jolt across the screen. If you combine it with that, you'll leave a trail of uh, little bombs behind you. Oh, that's cool. I didn't realize that. Um, a lot of these things like jaunt, for example, there's one of the big things in um, Hades is the dash. Like it's mm. just, it's just jaunt essentially. <laughs> and like, like there's the the whole perspective of it is similar as well with it being isometric. And obviously mm-hmm. they share the same art um, person. So it's, it's very, it seems very similar. Although Hades is like super like action. It's like right. nonstop. It's just go. Um, and I find that I found that to be more engaging because I mean, you have to be engaged in order to play that game, <laughs> but nevertheless, um, transistor, I think like in thinking about this game, I think it's like, if you look at the body of super giants work, it's, it's a step along the process to get right. to Hades. Right. And I feel like Hades is like the complete experience. Like Hades also has the, if you use a weapon in a run, it has a history to that weapon. And then if you use it again or use it five times in five runs, that history opens up more and it keeps unlocking. So you mm-hmm. get that background. And so like they do that in, in transistor, but they do that to the nth degree in Hades. So like, not only do you like weapons do that every character you meet, every time you interact with them, there's like a counter on it. And like after a certain amount, it says like, 10 more conversations in order for you to unlock more of their backstory. And there's like so many characters in that game and you just, it makes you go up to them and keep asking them and keep talking to them. And they each have unique dialogue. I think they're in that game. There's 300,000 lines of dialogue. Really? Oh my God. (laughs) And Hades. It's ridiculous. Like I played for about 30 hours, I want to say. And I completed I did the 10 run. Once you do 10 runs, it's when it's, uh, and you complete 10 runs in that game is when the story is like fully fleshed out. Mm-hmm. There's an ep- there's an epilogue after that, but in order to beat one run, it takes like, you know, eight to 10 hours. And then after that, you kind of start reeling them off. Oh, um, I see. But it's, uh, it's, yeah, it's a really good game. And also like the limiter thing, it gets more fleshed out in Hades, for example, at the very beginning of a run in Hades, you can, um, after you beat the game the first time, you can change your heat level. And a heat level is like, there are like 25 different options for how to make it harder. And there's different levels and sliders for each of those levels. So like one thing is like add health to the enemies, add more enemies, give enemies a special ability make bosses have one change the level of the bosses and you can change the boss from like being a basic boss to a boss that has a completely different move set completely different animations and so mm. you're playing the same boss but you're not playing the same boss at all right. by ju- adjusting the difficulty level so they like fully flesh out what they're trying to do in transistor in hades hades yeah. is a phenomenal game i want everybody out there to go play it <laughs> it is amazing um it has a really really good story as well like this, this story in Transistor is pretty good. I mean, you know, it's a love story. There's like a little bit of noir element. She's going for a revenge tale of like her lover that's now in the Transistor, the, the sword thing. Right. Um, and it's like pretty basic, but Hades is like, there are like plot twists and there are 
things where you're like, I did not see that coming whatsoever. Each character has stories. There's like characters you meet on runs that you're like talk to and they'll like give you like one dial- line of dialogue and then you talk to them like 10 times and then you're like, whoa, this guy has some shit going on. <laughs> so Yeah, yeah. I, I think, yeah, I think it's, this is a very self-contained, like you said, noir revenge story. I think if you, if you like, like I like, old noir and pulpy type stuff and i feel like this kind of goes up my alley with uh or goes down my alley in my alley whatever um it it, hits the uh what are you what are you doing in alleys over there (laughs) shut the fuck up but so it's uh it uh it hits uh the style like that i i like it's like a little self-contained it's not it's not a very overindulgent story i mean like there's a lot of good world building but like you don't even really know what the relationship between Red and Unknown is. Like the fact that he's officially named Unknown, I think is a it's it's restraint in storytelling. And, uh, but you get like pieces of it where it's like, you know, like you can go to like Red's apartment and you get like a little bonus scene, like when you're like in Red's apartment and like you know you know it's uh, this gets back to like that whole like there's a difference between the silent protagonist and then where silence is a part of that character, and this is like. Where it had like Red is like lost her voice and like you know that's part of her character and but, I think that makes it yeah compelling. I would say also that the transistor is also your character in this game because it's always with you, so it it talks. Yeah, and well, it, that's you know that's yeah well unknown talking to you because he's stuck in the transistor or living now in the right. transistor. He's been processed into it, but uh, right. yeah, it's uh, I don't know it's. Uh, yeah, not the deepest story. It's like they spent more time, I think, in the world building than like. But also, it's like I don't think the story's lacking. I think it was a stylistic no approach. So. Right. If you like, yeah, I guess that's my kind of final pitch on the game is that if uh, for people listening who want a sci-fi noir uh, Hades prototype, I guess <laughs> this is probably a uh, one to check out. Like you can get it like on iOS for like four bucks five bucks whatever it is like and it plays just it's on like it's console. on switch yeah yeah it's on switch for like five bucks i picked it up so it's good I, I mean i enjoyed it for what it was um i would also say on as a final note if you get by this on ps4 um or a, maybe on ps5 i know ps5 doesn't have the light on ps4 the light flashes on the front of the controller when Transistor talks. Oh, yeah, I read that. <laughs> I, I was going to rebuy it on PS4, then I was like, oh, it's 20 bucks. I was like, whatever. I already, I already got on my phone and I actually was playing it. And then I was like, I was like, this works so good. It's like a handheld game. But, uh, um, but in speaking about the ranking for this game, before we get into that talk, the one thing that I'll say about the artwork, really love the artwork, love the character designs. Um, uh, the the enemies and bosses I'm pretty mad about um, but some of the areas reminded me of like Final Fantasy 7 in a way like <laughs> it was hard to figure out where to go in some of the areas because it just got a little bit confusing and and mm-hmm. uh, busy uh, in some yeah. of the paths yeah sometimes it's hard to tell like what's a door and what's not but again it's very right. linear so it's like you know you're not you're not gonna get lost for Right. more than like 30 seconds but right um so where does this go on our endless list it is our 105 or 118th entry um i think there's some pretty good comps on this list um in particular we added super hot a couple weeks back um 
And personally, I'm curious where you think it goes above or below super hot. Um, probably below. I mean, not probably, definitely below. Because I looked right about super hot and there's Valkyria Chronicles and this is not <laughs> better than Valkyria Chronicles. Um, I was probably... I don't know, it's hard because like, there's some ga- there are games below it that they go like, oh, I don't know if it's better than that, but then I look at some of the games that's above it and they go like, no, it's better than that. Like, is this... Yeah. Like, this is better than that first Call of Duty game to me. It's I better, think. it's better, I mean, yeah, for me it's better than Worms Armageddon, for example. Yeah. Um, I think it's I think it's better than Onimusha. Um, yeah, I'm a little bit... I mean, these are, these are both games I'm big fans of, so I'm a little bit more of a coin toss yeah actually i think yeah it's better than Musha. but bubble bubble uh, mm. i i don't know if i put her above bubble bubble, bubble Ball's, uh, that's an arcade classic right there you know that's i a, don't think it, yeah i don't like i definitely don't think it goes above god of war um i, and, I wouldn't put, i wouldn't put it above space invaders the legacy yeah. is gonna mean something <laughs> this right. far down the list but uh Would you put it at 55 what do you think yeah yeah, that's right. a good spot for it. I think that's a good spot. Yeah, Unfortunately, almost... though, I have to say, though, this is it's bound to happen. This is our lowest-ranked indie game currently. Oh. Well, I mean, Sorry. you know. it's uh... Sorry, Transistor. Well, when Hades becomes five years old, it sounds like it's going to uh, be pretty high in the list, so... We'll see where it goes. But we still have to play Bastion, which I also hear is a... Um, one of the better indie games out there. Um, yeah. It was one of the first. I remember it had a lot of buzz when it came out. Yeah, I have never played Bastion, even though that's, again, a game that I hear plays very similar to Transistor, but I, like, look at the art style, and I don't like the art style as much as, like, the Transistor one that's always, like, I don't know, for whatever reason, just, like, delayed. I'm not going to say, like, I'm never going to play it. It's just delayed me in playing it. Yeah. I do want to play it eventually, because I want to play all these these, these companies um super giants games because they put out some great work and they, they're mm. like you can definitely tell like we were saying in our blood rain podcast you can tell when people make stuff because they got heart and you can right. tell stuff right. because they make stuff when they want to make money and this right. this team definitely has some heart and yeah. i really enjoy playing their games and i think like i'm gonna say it again go out play hades whatever's out there um, I've played so in the same vein. I've played Dead Cells. I'm currently like working my way through Enter the Gungeon, um, Hades. I played. I'm trying to think of the other games that are in that vein, the roguelike vein. Um, but I played a whole bunch of them, and Hades is like the best one, um, story wise, gameplay wise. It, it's gripping from beginning to end. The bosses are really well designed. The areas are really well designed. So go check that out. But yes, Transistor, you are the game this week. And you are number 55 on the endless list of video games. Congratulations to making it to the top half of the endless list. Mm. Congrats indeed. And I do want to thank you, Chris, for joining me this week. Hey, anytime except for next week, because I think I'm not on next week's episode. (laughs) (laughs) So anytime other than that. Next week we are playing Ori and the Blind Forest. I believe that's the title of it. Is that right one? I always get them confused with the second one. The Will of the Wisps is the second one. We are playing yeah. Ori in the Blind Forest, another new game. But in two weeks, we're going to play Get Back to Our Retro Roots. 
and we're gonna do Chris is solid by playing one of his favorite games, which we won't tease because mm. we only do one week at a time. <laughs> but next week is Ori and the Blind Forest, so stay tuned for that. But thank you, Chris. Thank you. Thank you.